Hello, I'm Abby Dees. And I'm Wenzel Jones. And this is IMRU Radio Magazine, the voice of the LGBT community for 42 years. And yes, our jarringly happy theme song still just doesn't feel right. Because tonight we continue our coverage of the Orlando Massacre and its aftermath. But before we start, we honor those lost by speaking their names. Javier Jorge Reyes. Luis Daniel Conde. Jonathan Antonio Camue Vega. Juan P. Rivera Velasquez. Kimberly K.J. Morris. Dianca Deirdre Drayton. Martin Benitez Torres. Ilmari Rodriguez Solivon. Mercedes Marisol Flores. Oscar A. Aracina Montero. Peter O. Gonzalez Cruz. Anthony Luis Loriano Visla. Shane Evan Tomlinson. Stanley Elmodovar III. Tevin Eugene Crosby. Simone Adrian Carrillo Fernandez. John C. Nives Rodriguez. Juan Chavez Martinez. Luis Omar Ocapio Capo. Xavier Emmanuel Serrano Rosado. Rodolfo Ayala Ayala. Gilberto Ramon Silva Menendez. Frankie Jimmy De Jesus Velasquez. Edward Sotomayor Jr. Antonio Devon Brown. Angel Candiario Padro. Alejandro Barrios Martinez. Luis Daniel Wilson Leon. Niroy Valentin Fernandez. Christopher Andrew Leinenen. Juan Ramon Guerrero. Jason Benjamin Josephat. Jean Carlos Menendez Perez. Joel Rayon Peniagua. Daryl Roman Burt II. Brenda Lee Marquez McCool. Amanda Alvear. Gerald Arthur Wright. Luis S. Vilma. Eric Ivan Ortiz Rivera. Paul Terrell Henry. Corey James Connell. Enrique Arrios Jr. Christopher Joseph Sanfeliz. Eddie Justice. Miguel Angel Honorado. Akira Monet Murray. Gerardo A. Ortiz Jimenez. Frank Hernandez. The audio you just heard was from one of hundreds of vigils held across the U.S. over the last week. And I still, it still makes me tear up when I hear those names and I think of the text messages and the phone calls that we've heard now associated with those names, like Eddie Justice with well, his mom. Well, and they seem they seem so distant. But in fact, Edward Sotomayor Jr. used to work for Chuck and Al's Travel, and he was a drag con. If you went to well, the uh, travel booth... There he was. We really are. We are a community spiritually, but I think very few of us are um, total strangers to the people that we lost in Orlando. Well, tonight, IMRU reporter Chris Ann Eastwood takes us to last week's vigil at Los Angeles City Hall. But first, veteran LGBT reporter who really is a gumshoe investigator for <laughs> L.A. Karen, old school. old school. Karen Oakham is here with us in studio tonight. Um, and she has been talking a lot and writing a lot about the events in Orlando over the last eight days. Welcome, Karen. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate being here, especially at this time. Yeah. You know, uh, we were talking just before the show about the m- most recent breaking news to come out of this, which was the gun uh, bills that all failed in the Senate today. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's unfortunately not unexpected given the stranglehold that the National Rifle Association has on the Republicans in Congress. So there were 
four bills. Uh, one was uh, called euphemistically called No Fly, No Buy, which was offered by California Senator Dianne Feinstein. And essentially what that said was, if you're too dangerous to buy a ticket to get on a plane, you're too dangerous to buy a gun. But that's what happened with this uh, Omar Mar- uh, Mateen, Mateen. Mm-hmm. who was, uh, you know, the, the killer identified in Orlando. He had the ability to go without a background check, even though he'd been on a uh, an FBI watch list. He'd been under investigation as a suspected terrorist, and the FBI had no records that could verify that he was. Um, so they took him off, and he became one of those lone wolves that everybody talks mm-hmm. about. And because of the gun show loopholes, um, he was able to buy uh, assault weapons and, and other uh, uh, and ammunition. And he also had a job as a security guard, didn't he? Yeah. So I mean, he it was had just a, unbelievable. So he had a, a license to carry permit to, as a security guard. But Feinstein's bill, which, by the way, a version of that bill had been offered in 2012, right after the Sandy Hook Elementary School shootings in Newtown, Connecticut, if you remember those, where all these mm-hmm. kindergarten kids were killed and, you know, a number of uh, of the, the teachers. Uh, and it failed with the Sandy Hook parents in the gallery. So nobody was offering a whole lot of hope for these bills, except that this time was different. A couple of things happened. Mateen, during the killing spree, got on 911, called the police, called the 911 operator, and pledged his allegiance Mm -hmm. to this ISIS guy. Now, as it turns out, Mateen was somebody that a lot of the people in the intelligence community call a jihadi shopper. Mm -hmm. You know, he was looking for the jihadi kill group that would best match and satisfy his needs, some of which are in conflict with each other. Right, he didn't know anything about the difference between ISIS and (laughs) al-Qaeda, from what I could tell. That's right, in in al-Qaeda-related groups. Uh, And so that then became a terrorism issue for the Republicans, um, saying, you know, of course we don't want terrorists or suspected terrorists to get guns. We, but and now they can. You know, it's so, so strange. What is it going to take? I mean, what does it take? But, you know, I am fascinated, and I'd, I'd like to get your opinion a little bit, because um, this was a terrorist attack, as much as it was an attack on the LGBT hey, community. Crime, yeah. Yeah. And it was a, you know, potentially an attack seeking out people of color. We don't know that yet. Um, but, you know, it was... Because it was a Latin night yes, at the Pulse Right. Club. We don't know that. But that is sort of on the list of possible things. And plus, he was unstable and abusive. Right. So. You know, the NRA... Uh, Wayne LaPierre issued a, something to his membership, I think today or yesterday, and he said they're blaming you, the NRA members, for the terrorist attack in Orlando and taking advantage of this tragedy to push their gun control agenda while emotions run high. So, and I have read a lot of people really, really believe that we are, you know, blaming the car for the drunk driver kind of thing mm-hmm. and that this mm-hmm. was a terrorist attack and that we need to deal with this by looking at terrorism. I mean, there there is something to that, you know, in that he was influenced. You know, there was that connection to ISIS. 
uh, to me, it doesn't seem so clear cut, but I'm just wondering, talking to people in the community and in all the work that you're doing, are people trying to grapple with this and how are they grappling with this? Well, in three ways. First of all, there's a lot of heartbreak and mourning. And, you know, actually in listening um, to the names being read, it took me back to listening to the names of uh, being read over the AIDS quilt. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, and I've heard over the past number of years, you know, from millennials and other young people who say, well, we never had any friends die. Well, all of a sudden, you, do. you know, yeah. you kind of do. Yeah. And so they know what we we knew, you know, from back then that, you know, our people were dying and the government didn't seem to want to do anything about it. You know, there's kind of this equation there so we can have an intergenerational, if you will, discussion about comparison. what it means to be an existential minority group. Mm -hmm. Of course, African-Americans know this, you know, with the Jim Crow laws and, and the Charleston and shooting last year. That's, that's right. conversation. Right. So uh, the other thing that, that has been interesting is uh, that a lot of people are starting to say, well, you know, we have these terrorism groups in Iran. I mean, actually, the Republicans are, are blaming Obama. You're looking yeah. at this as domestic. Why don't you take care of or address, you know, Iran throws homosexuals from the building and then stones them? Well, yeah, they do. And guess what? Obama has a U.S. special envoy to try to intercede. Uh, UN, uh, our, our our representative to the UN, Samantha Power, has been very involved with trying to protect LGBT rights uh, internationally. And of course, uh, Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, made a very famous uh, argument about gay rights or human rights. And it took rights. our community pushing very hard to get that attention. You know? Well, yeah, it's but it's also truthfully a human right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. I mean, it was interesting to see something on a on a publication called uh, GOP USA, where they had a shot of a, presumably a gay person being pushed from a building, mm -hmm. and and the shot was of the person midair. And I remember editorial discussions, uh, you know, when I used to be a, a news editor at in Los Angeles Magazine on the first anniversary of nine eleven about whether or not we were going to show any people jumping from mm -hmm. buildings, you know, because it's just such an extraordinary sight of somebody on their way to their death. The Republicans, this particular publication, was using an image of a presumably gay person in Iran being murdered, or, or Syria or Iraq uh, being murdered, in order to propagate their own push that forget, you know, we've got Second Amendment issues here, you know, and Obama's not taking care of the gays over there, so why bother at all? Uh, the third reaction I'm seeing is... That's very interesting. The third reaction I'm seeing is a swelling of change in attitudes by our own people and our own organizations. And if I may... Um, you know, right after the vote, uh, Rick Zuber from Equality California uh, issued a press release, you know, which is really kind of strong. Equality California and the human rights campaign and at least 70 uh, LGBT centers 
have now said, you know what? Gun control and gun reform and gun legislation actually should be a top priority for us because we too, like everybody else, have not been looking at this as an epidemic. We've been looking at it as, okay, one transgender woman is killed, another transgender woman is killed, another transgender woman is killed. Okay, 12 people in six months since the beginning of the year, but they're all you know, there. so there's an epidemic in the transgender community. Oh, well, guess what? We're LGBT. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with this targeted attack on Orlando, and as you mentioned, at, on Latin night, so it, and, and the ages are predominantly 20s and 30s. I know, so young. Kids. Yeah. Um, you know, people, uh, these... Organizations, Equality California, uh, Equality Florida, albeit they haven't put out a specific uh, press release to this point, but Human Rights Campaign are now starting to score candidates and elected officials up for re-election on how they vote on gun control in addition to other issues that, that matter to us. Additionally, they're going to start scoring bills, mm-hmm. pieces of legislation. So let me just take a moment and read what Rick Zuber uh, wrote because it just came out, you know, just before I, I drove here. So Rick Zuber is the uh, uh, president of Equality California, which is our main lobbying group here in California. Okay, this is his quote. Slightly more than a week has elapsed since the worst mass shooting in history in a country where the regularity of mass shootings horrifies the world. The U.S. Senate has followed the now predictable pattern of proclaiming that their thoughts and prayers are with the victims while denying those same victims any meaningful action on their behalf. They did not act on behalf of the six-year-olds gunned down in Newton, They did not act on behalf of social workers gunned down in San Bernardino. And once again, they have refused to act when 102 young, mostly Latino, mostly LGBT people were gunned down in Orlando. We had tangible hope that thoughts and prayers would this time result in real protections for the LGBT community, which has suffered staggering rates of violence long before Orlando, and for all Americans who want to be able to leave home to see a movie or send their child to school without fear that that kiss goodbye will be final. We are disappointed. Orlando is a call to action for Equality California and for the LGBT community as a whole to mobilize in support of meaningful gun safety reforms that will protect the LGBT community, our families, and the broader communities we call home. So much more to talk about as jumping off of that. And so we will be back with Karen Oakham. Um, IMRU reporter Chris Ann Eastwood was at the vigil for Orlando held at Los Angeles City Hall last Monday night. In fact, she called into the show, but it was just beginning. <laughs> so she also had her recorder with her, and she files this report. I'm here at the vigil for Orlando and the tragic massacre of 
49 of our LGBT brothers and sisters. And at Quick Count here in front of City Hall on the First Street side, First Eden Spring in downtown Los Angeles, I see about five, six, seven hundred people, maybe up to a thousand. There is a police presence here, but it is not oppressive. It is very respective. Everyone is respective. It's kind of atypical of LGBT events. No whistles, no yelling, no loud music, just quiet, peaceful reflection as they wait for the uh, LA Gay Men's Chorus to begin singing. We are a gentle and great people, and we are singing, singing for our are your allies 
Jean, head of the LGBT Community Center here in Los Angeles. The fact that we're still having vigils in our community, what does that mean? Well, it says we have a lot more work to do. We're not done. In spite of all of our progress, there are still forces in this world who want to push us back into the closet, to drive us out of public life, to kill us. And the good thing is that when our community is under attack, we rise to the occasion, we get stronger, and the difference this time is there are so many straight people who are with us, so many. I really hope that people will come together, will hold the religious and political leaders who foment this kind of thing accountable, and I hope this is the last one. Orlando is a huge, huge city like Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and the economy there is booming. You never hear complaints about Orlando, and suddenly this happens. Mm -hmm. We had an issue here in Los Angeles where someone was caught with munitions in his car on his way to the Pride event. How can we feel safe? Well, we can never feel completely safe. But as was said in this rally, our community has been used to never being safe. So we have learned how to be strong in spite of our fear and to push through the fear. And that was part of my message to people tonight, is that we will not be silenced, no matter our fear. We will continue to fight for our equal place in this society to become a part of the America that we think this country was meant to be. The pulpits, whether whatever religion, seem to be our most vehement opposition. And they get to the elected leaders who are opposed with us also. What can we do as a community to convince the pulpits to see things our way? Well, I think we need to get clergy speaking a lot more loudly, those who are with us, and there are so many. But we also need to call them on their behavior, and that that kind of rhetoric causes things like Orlando. And we need politicians to stop pandering to them. Maybe if we run some of these bums out of office who foment this kind of violence, like the lieutenant governor of Texas, it will send a message to people so that we won't have to deal with politicians pandering to these folks anymore. The Republicans, the right wing, are saying Islam, Islam, Islam. This is a work of ISIS that fuels Islamophobia. What can we do as a community to combat that? We have to keep telling the truth, that while this guy said he was influenced by ISIS, he was American born and bred. He learned his homophobic bigotry right here in the United States, thanks to some of those politicians, thanks to some of these fundamentalist religious leaders, and we have to tell the truth. You don't have to go to the Middle East to learn the kind of bigotry that underscored the violence in Orlando. 
We had various groups here speaking tonight. Is there a Muslim gay group in this town, and were they invited? There is not, to my knowledge, a current Muslim gay group. There was a Muslim gay group a number of years ago, but they were very afraid to organize. But I heard from several Muslim leaders today uh, offering support, offering condolences, and I think we'll be able to build some coalition with them. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks. I'm here with city controller Ron Galprin, the bean counter of Los Angeles. But tonight was not a night for uh, checking ledgers. It was about banding together. What brought you here? Tonight is also about counting in a way, counting each and every single life that unfortunately was extinguished in Orlando, each and every one of their beautiful souls, and also showing that the people of Orlando and all of the LGBT community should be able to and can count on the city of Los Angeles. We had an amazing turnout, and it's one of love, and one showing that love triumphs over hate. The city of Los Angeles has, you know, in recent years, had a pretty good record for supporting equal rights for the LGBT community and so forth, but we still have a good portion of this country which is still on the fence and teetering. What can Los Angelinos do to uh, inspire others? <laughs> well, I'm very proud of the fact that Los Angeles has really been a leader for years when it comes to LGBT issues and inclusiveness and equality. And I'm a testament to that myself, being the first citywide elected gay official. And we also have two other members of the LGBT community serving on the city council. But you are 100% right that the rest of the country still has a long way to go. And unfortunately, when you see uh, many of the officials, for example, in Florida, who are now mourning, it would have been nice if many of them had been there with the LGBT community to support full equality. And maybe there will be a lesson learned from all this. I would hope so. I know you can't speak as a representative of city government, but the prevailing thought in this crowd tonight has been peace, love, and gun control. How do you feel about that? Well, what we really need to do tonight is mourn. But beyond that, there are a lot of lessons to be learned here when it comes to gun violence, when it comes to mental illness, when it comes to issues of what people believe, when it comes to how we treat one another. And we have to move forward. We have to become more evolved as a country and as a world. Is the city going to look at changes in security at clubs and places where the LGBT community gathers in the city of Los Angeles or the county? The LAPD has been working with sheriffs and with FBI, with a whole bunch of other different governmental entities, and looking to see what the best guidance is for many clubs and many other locations. The truth of the matter is, you're never going to be 100% safe or 100% secure but we can do more, I believe, and the best thing we can do is educate people. That doesn't happen overnight, that doesn't translate into safety tomorrow, but it is the only way in the long term that we have a society where we can all live peacefully. On a brighter note, we have two gay council members, we have an openly gay controller. How gay is City Hall getting? Not enough. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Thanks. Nice meeting you. We'll be back with more from the L.A. Vigil in just 30 seconds. And later in the show, we'll talk some more with Karen Oakham about everything that's going on. We'll be right back. Hello. I'm Barney Frank. 
And you were listening to IMRU Radio Magazine, out front and out loud since 1974, on KPFK-FM, 90.7 Los Angeles, 98.7 Santa Barbara, 99.5 Ridcrest, China Lake, 93.7 San Diego, or streaming online at kpfk.org. Welcome back. You're listening to IMRU Radio, and I am Abby Dees. And I'm Wenzel Jones. Now we take you back to last Monday's vigil for Orlando outside the Los Angeles City Hall. Here's Chris Ann Eastwood. The event has been over for about 45 minutes, and people are still here. They're still milling around a makeshift memorial. People laid their signs down, candles, pictures, poetry, pleas for peace and love. Folks sitting near the signs, near the candles, taking photos. For the first time at an event, I don't see anyone taking a selfie because tonight is certainly not about the self. It is definitely about others. Let me see if I can talk to some folks. What brought you here tonight? This is our community, you know, so I just wanted to show our support and mourn together, me and my partner, Renee. Are you surprised by the amount of folks that are here tonight? No, I'm happy. Not surprised. It's a good amount. What did you think of the messages you heard tonight from the various leaders who spoke? They were really powerful, and being a Latina woman, it really struck a chord, you know, hit home for me. The bulk of the victims were Latina and Latino. It was Latin night. We don't know why he chose that night. What do you think? Well, I did also notice that the media is not really addressing that it was a Latina night, Latino night, but our community definitely noticed, and our community is definitely feeling it. And it doesn't really matter that other people might not acknowledge it, because we know, so it's okay. Hi, I'm from KPFK. What brought you here tonight? To stand in solidarity with the LGBTQ community over the atrocity that occurred this weekend in Orlando. Why did this happen? I think we have a very sick society in a lot of cases. I think there's a lot of anger, a lot of hate, a lot of frustration, and there's not a lot of listening and understanding. What can we do to stop this from happening again? I think that's really difficult. There's so many systemic problems of injustice, of marginalization, institutions of hate, whether it be racism or homophobia or Islamophobia, that until we really conquer what this economy and what our political institutions are really trickling down into society and the way they're marginalizing people and the way they're creating these pockets of frustration and hate. I mean, it's hard to put a finger on any one solution. Certain political factions are saying that if we all carried guns, this wouldn't have happened. What do you think? I think that's absolute nonsense. I don't consider myself an anti-gun person, but by no means do I think that anyone should have an assault rifle or a high-powered rifle, and, and especially in urban areas. That's nothing but a tool of destruction. How is this going to change your social behavior here in Los Angeles? Mm. For me, this instance just definitely brings home how everyday violence is in this country and how even when you think you're safe, even when you're surrounded by a community of people you love and trust, it can hit the fan. You know, on my way over here, I was like walking on my way to the train and I someone said th- something to me and I thought to myself, strength in numbers, and then I the thought just kind of lost itself in my head. Because even then, what do you say to people in the Pulse nightclub? 
Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Why are you here tonight at the LA Vigil? Oh, man. It's just so important for us to come together in times of tragedy like this that have such a specific form of hatred that's been curated by dominant society for so long that takes people to the lengths of wanting to kill. Uh, just to be around and be supportive of friends, family, people that have suffered at the hands of homophobia. Why do you think this happened in Orlando? It's a lot of layers. I think that in this society we allow hatred to be verbalized in so many explicit ways and specifically sexual orientation has been so easily called out by conservative and religious fundamentalists and we live in a society that's just heteropatriarchal and um, violence is part of American culture. We promote it through our shows, through our television, through our music and regardless of what people's form of hatred is, violence is seen as an acceptable answer to it and an acceptable action. And so when we have people that have such hatred who are supported to express themselves so violently and able to purchase weapons that are able to accomplish their goals so easily. We have a perfect mix and a perfect storm that allows these things to happen. How will what happened in Orlando change your behavior when you go out at night in Los Angeles? I don't know if it'll change my behavior so much as just continue to be aware. I mean, I'm, I'm not ignorant to the, to the dangers involved and especially for people that I love. I don't get targeted for this, this, but my family does, my friends do, my community does, whether or not my families are not, friends are not. Um, but I think that there's just a need to be more vigilant, to spread a lot more love, and also to call out hate when you see it. It's not acceptable. Thank you. And the folks that have remained after the event is over are now listening to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Actually, one specific sister. And they are in rapt attention. Everyone's heart is full. Broken or whole, our hearts are full, are they not? Yes! What now is the question? We know we will continue to love, but in a few minutes we'll go home still with these overflowing hearts. Where do we put the juice in our hearts now? Gun control! Woo! Yes! In a nutshell, yes. <laughs> what I challenge us all to do is to take this wealth of emotion and inspiration and to put it into action. Whether it is for democracy, gun control, gay rights, trans rights, bisexual rights, better sandwiches available on the West Coast. I'm <laughs> 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 just saying, just saying. I, I, I challenge you, either tonight or this week or in the next year, pick up something meaningful that helps other people. That's yeah. how we prevent tragedies Woo! like this from happening. Society is fractured into combating opinions and behaviors. Let's make it one pulse by building bridges. And the way you build yes. bridges is to take action with your love and your inspiration and share that. Plug in to already built organizations. 
or start your own, but set your intention, carry your heart, and as my father used to tell me, take your balls in your hands and go forward. (laughs) If you don't have balls, take your ovaries, they're probably stronger anyway. Neither balls nor ovaries start a religion, you're a miracle. And we love you. But I'm serious. If you are angry, your anger is natural. But where do you put it? You can go to Goodwill and buy plates and throw them at a brick wall. You can stop traffic in the street and get carried away by you know who. Or you can let your anger find a place of activism or action. The Hindus call it Dharma. Choose something meaningful that allows you to contribute and to build bridges. That's how we won Prop 8. We went door to door, friend to friend, we talked with people who hate us, and we changed their minds, and now we can marry. People who need our help. On any given night in Los Angeles, there are five to 15,000 homeless children and half of them are LGBTQI and A. They need goddamn homes. Help them. Trans women, and especially trans women of color, are murdered and beaten at higher rates than anyone else in our society. For God's sake, let's help them. Not enough to be self-righteous about it and say, screw the enemy, I'm gonna do this and fight them. We must go and talk to the enemy, even if they will not move, because either we will change them when they see heart to heart and their hearts and minds will open because they'll see that we're normal people, just like I'm a normal person. (laughs) (laughs) Or if they are unmoved, they will see that we are unmoved and they will know that they will have to live with us in the community. So go and talk to, talk to people who disagree with us with their last fiber of their being. Get on their last nerve and let them know love remains. Thank you for letting me agitate. the souls of those who have died in injustice from day one till now. May they be swimming in free and abundant love. May those still struggling for their lives and healing their wounds be suffused with grace and ease and health. May all of us remember in our direst anger that the way to solve the problem is to build bridges with love and determination. Amen, ah woman, ah whatever.
Angeles City Hall for IMRU. This is Chris Ann Eastwood reporting. And we'd like to thank Chris Ann Eastwood, our reporter in the field, for finding so many fascinating people that to talk to. Great. And Steve Pride for the masterful edit on that. Oh, yeah. I feel like I was there. That I was know. so inspiring. It was. And again, back with us is intrepid veteran LGBT <laughs> journalist Karen Oakham to talk about this and the response and how we're going to deal with this in the coming days. I mean, one thing I noticed in this report from the LA Vigil is everybody is talking about the intersectionality. Everybody is talking about building bridges. Everyone is talking about, they're talking about Islamophobia and not wanting to go there and wanting to come together rather than divide us. And yet when you watch the news, it seems like this story is, is it about gun control or is it about ISIS? And that's it. it there's, are we getting lost? Is, are, are these ideas getting lost in the mainstream coverage of this? Yes. <laughs> okay. Know. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Moving on. Well, no, actually, I, I thought that was a really extraordinary report. And I want to commend your reporter. But the other thing that's so important is to take note that, as you said, who else in the in the media would do the kind of reporting that we just listened to? Mm-hmm. Who else would devote two shows now, one after another, to a simple, single topic because we had a mass murder of our people? We need the LGBT-specific media to speak our voices because otherwise they will be usurped or wiped out or made rendered invisible in some way shape or form you know i come from the from mainstream media and you know this is a privilege and an honor for me to to work and doesn't pay a whole lot no it does not you know thank heavens i'm a leftover hippie (laughs) but you know there's something transcendent i mean it's it's about having a commitment just as all these people at the rally we're talking to uh, talking about yes you have anger and fear but most of all what was the word that you kept hearing Love. love yeah love 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 we are a kind and gentle people and you know we're we're talking about our lives this is an existential movement that we have here it is not only about our civil rights it is not only about our equality but it is fundamentally about who we are as human beings this is who we are it, it's confusing for a lot of people who want to tell us who we are or put us in little, you know, uh, identifiable bags or categories. And we're saying, hell with that. You know, we've got this fluidity thing going on here and I'll determine how I identify myself. But getting back to your building bridges thing, um, one thing I think we really need to take particular notice of is you know, how many Muslim people must be feeling afraid. Now, that's a whole religion that is being, you know, and actually it's a peaceful religion. Mm -hmm. It's just when people look at specific passages in the Quran and they become so-called radicalized, 
you know, and determine that, uh, you know, it means kill this person or kill that or become ideologically pure. Well, let's not forget that we have that among Catholics and we have that among evangelical Christians. We still have people, this pastor up in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. Who bemoaned the fact that more gays weren't killed. You know, there that was, was pretty appalling. Yeah. And he had a protest. Uh, there and was a protest protest this Sunday, you know, about 100 people or so showed up at his church to protest, you know, wait, Jesus Christ was about love. What are you talking about? And he stood by his statements, which he thinks were derived from his version of the Christian Bible. So, you know, Muslim people right now, I mean, uh, must be scared to death. They have their own religion. Bless them. You know, it's like, they're not just automatically guilty by association, for heaven's sake. So when we listen to Donald Trump, you know, saying ban all Muslims, <laughs> you know, by the way, that would include the new mayor of London, mm-hmm. who was and Muslim. Dr. Oz and Dr. Oz. But the new mayor of London yeah. would Can't not come be here. That's right. Yeah. And by the way, he is pro LGBT. Yeah, you know, so. It, it's just it's just crazy. But, you know, a lot of people do think that because this was a terrorist attack, that there may be a turning point in some way if enough people vote right. based on who supported the NRA and who opposed the NRA to start making our voices heard that way. That's why HRC and Equality California and all these other people are now starting to look at these elections and the down ticket, not just Trump and Hillary Mm -hmm. Clinton, but the down ticket races as well as, you know, who who wants ISIS, you know, supporters of ISIS to be able to buy assault weapon, you know, assault weapons? Who doesn't? I mean, it can't yeah. get that clean and clear. Well, if we could get back, though, to the, the um, Islamic people being afraid, I mean, don't – isn't that sort of well, a culture thing? We all we have always had a boogeyman since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. It was communist. It was – it just right. moves. Scapegoating. There's always one. And it, it doesn't be- – and, and us, too, gay people. Oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. By Roy Cohen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was with Senator Joe McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And gay. And gay mm-hmm. as a closeted, self-hating gay who wound mm-hmm. up dying of AIDS, by yeah. the way. And apparently was a very close friend to Donald Trump, which is a whole other story. Hey, That's everybody right. was a close friend. I was a close friend of Donald Trump, <laughs> according to Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Just simply by being lesbian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that, you know, the blacklist, uh, you know, targeted uh, Hollywood screenwriters mm-hmm. and actors and directors. I mean, the communist, uh, you know, the Red Scare. I, the and we have a gen. This is the this is the new boogeyman. Boogeyman. Yeah. Well, um, we've always been. Yeah. You know, we've but, always but, been but, part but, of the But plot. Muslims are the yeah. new boogeyman. We are we are distrustful. And I mean, it's interesting to me that and I'm proud that our community doesn't seem to be on the whole buying into this. We are resisting that, at least the ones that are speaking out and going to the vigils. Um, 
I've also seen the people that have been perpetuating the Islamophobia. They're also the same people who've been perpetuating homophobia just in the last few days, suddenly saying, gosh, it's, you know, none none of God's children should be killed. And, you know, they Mm -hmm. are actually just starting to say our names. Mm -hmm. And I saw an editorial in the New York Times today by uh, Charles Blow calling this a cynical move. Yes, that's right. And... I mean, do you think this is going to work when you see Ted Cruz suddenly saying nice things about gay people? It's a ploy. Yeah. It's called spin. Mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like you you mention something in order to take that away as a talking point. Mm-hmm. See, I was talking nicely about gays. I have no problem with gays. I mean, you do know. they think we're not going to notice that yes, a, they, a few months ago the these same people were hanging out with people that were calling for our death? They're not speaking to us. That's right. <laughs> I keep forgetting. Like Anderson Cooper taking the Florida attorney general to task, and, and now she runs around going, who's picking on me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he Bondi. just called you out. That's all he did. He wasn't <laughs> yeah. making things up. Yeah. And there was a big backlash. She went on Fox News and whined about, Mm -hmm. and if you saw his interview with her, he was very polite. He He just wouldn't let up. Yeah, but I mean, but the thing is, is that, you know, you can be a hard-pressing reporter. I've (laughs) been there. I mean, but you don't have to be, you know, snarky or mean about it, you know, because then it's about you. You know, when you're a good reporter, you pressed out to find answers to these questions. And she had to be held account to account. And she wouldn't take it. No. Have you seen, though? So a lot of this is coming from the GOP, but I really don't want to get into a us versus them thing. Kind of is what got us there, you know. But yes, most of this talk has come from the GOP or representatives of the GOP. Uh, Have you seen also people that are talking in a way that doesn't seem cynical from um, on the right, and that or a change of perspective or doubling down on support for us? Well, here's here's an interesting thing. Uh, Once upon a time, when I was writing for Genre Magazine, a magazine that no longer exists. I went undercover to a reparative therapy. I tried to get changed in order to see, you know, what this worked. I mean, yeah. I had a you lifeline. I, I, yeah, I had a lifeline to my friends just in, you know, if you don't hear from me, mm-hmm. you know, call. But the thing was, the reason I bring this up is because I wasn't there as a, a, a strict reporter, you know, mm-hmm. to take notes and all this. I met a lot of... Christians who really didn't hate gay people, they thought the gay people were kind of possessed or sexually addicted. I mean, it was it was a really interesting experience because they wanted to help us, Mm -hmm. but really authentically help us mm-hmm. from their framework of thinking Most that... people are yeah. good, I think. And yeah. They might be wrong, but they're good. Yeah, and so, I mean, and people take advantage of that, including like Lou Sheldon and Traditional Values Coalition, where you say, you know, homosexuality is like addiction, you know. You, you can go out and commit these acts... And then, you know, we'll forgive you. You come back and we'll Love change. Love the sinner, hate the sin. That's exactly right. And that's where that comes from. But that has become politicized and a ploy, too. It's just that there is a, a stream of thought through these, you know, Christian churches 
where they think that there's something wrong with us and they want to help us get better in order to get in, you know, uh, in sync with God, as it were. And they're not malicious about it, to tell you the truth. No, I'm, I'm related to some of these people. In, in their mind, it all makes complete sense. And they have no clue that they're hurting us Oh, none, none at that. all. No, they so, think it's help. Right. And so that, interestingly could be one of the bridges because, I mean, a lot of people got very freaked out about this lieutenant governor of Utah Mm -hmm. who, you know, who just broke down and said, my heart has been changed by this massacre in Orlando. Um, You know, there are some people who see the carnage and especially of these young kids whose lives were just cut short and they think, that could have been my son. That could have been my kid. Maybe not at a gay club, mm-hmm. but any place. That could have been my kid. And they ma- they're making that kind of identification. So their hearts are changing in a way, and in a way that I don't want to say we can take advantage of, but that we can take advantage of. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't mean that in a cynical, but there's an opening in a way for us to be able to have heart-to-heart talks. And I do think we forgive. Look at some of the ex-gay Exodus people. You know, it's like, you guys, what you did was bad, but... You know, we want you with us. We don't want you separate And that's from us. what was so moving about the Charleston, uh, the, yes. the people who survived the uh, the mothers, you know, who survived the murders in the Charleston church. They She forgave mm. that shooter. We oh, are running so out of time, moving. Karen. Do you have yeah. a nugget you would like to leave us with? Vote. <laughs> well, that was short and that's sweet a good and one, clear. Though. Thank you so much for coming tonight. Thank you for We haven't seen you for ages. Me. I miss yeah. you. Thank you. Please Thank you. come back. There's you know, so much more to talk about, and this story is far from over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that is it for tonight. Our thanks to IMRU's coordinating producer, Steve Pride, our director, Michelle Marie Gilkison, and tonight's board op, Federico Garcia. You can find us online at imruradio.org and follow us on Facebook at IMRU Radio, where the link to the latest show is posted every Tuesday afternoon. The KPFK Fund Drive resumes tomorrow. And IMRU will be Aren't off next Monday. I know. Fun drive again. <laughs> but we'll return in two weeks with our Outfest kickoff show, Outfest, Outfest kickoff show on July 4th. And that sounded we, wrong. Outfest <laughs> kickoff show on Thank July you. 4th, folks. <laughs> and we close with a just-released song from Eli Lieb and Brandon Skye, dedicated to the 49 people we lost eight days ago in Orlando. It is called Pulse. Good night. Good night. So you say this is human, your heartbeat versus mine. I'm in chains because I'm choosing, showing love, living life. I shouldn't have to leave where I stand I shouldn't have to change who I am To count as a human mm-hmm. Feel my pulse With your head on my heart You know it beats just as hard as yours Feel my pulse So just feel my pulse oh, I wish I could reach them Strip away what separates It's the same air we're breathing Same tears run down our face So I don't have to leave where I stand And I
with your hand on my heart You know it beats just as hard as yours Feel my pulse ah, Feel my pulse Can't you see that I'm scarred? I'm just the same as you are So just feel my pulse ah, Just be